Christmas, everybody, and welcome to the Christmas special Punch Drunk Boxing Podcast, episode 17. Hope everyone's well. How you doing, big man? Yeah, I'm good, man. A little bit hungover, but not too bad. Had not... a free drink last night, mate. Oh, what can you do? Not enough exactly. to stop you, you know, coming ah, broadcasting no. the UK's, the <laughs> world's, the Pass... galaxy's greatest ever comedy boxing podcast. Pass us up one of those lagers, would you? <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe we should say after, uh, yeah, welcome to all, all the listeners, anyone uh, new listening, that uh, we should probably say that after uh, episode 16, where uh, myself and uh, Richard got a little bit tipsy, we had the best intentions of not drinking through this show, especially because... Yeah, uh, but I got a stinking headache, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just got to power through. As one of my friends at work used to tell me, it's a nice leveller if you have a drink at like five o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, we're here at the uh, Punch Drunk Boxing uh, Studios and we've decided to... Uh, it's Christmas, isn't it? Well, that's it. be rude not to. Our best intention <clears throat> was to have this as a drink-along show, so everyone sitting at home or sitting in the car or doing yeah. whatever. I'm not... Yeah. Maybe not in the car, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Crack them open. Maybe if, if you're in the car and you're... you're you're waiting yeah. for something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, since this Traffic is... lights. Exactly. To turn green. <laughs> to take out the hit mask. <laughs> Have a quick... No, we're kidding. Don't do that. Um, but uh, what I was going to say, that uh, yeah, so this is the uh, Christmas uh, special. Yeah. So uh, we're going to do our like awards of the year with fighters of the it's year. It's not and... really anything Christmas-based, is it? Well... I mean, that intro song, you said, oh, pick something Christmas. <laughs> I looked through all my songs, couldn't find anything. I went, how, how is that? Is that good enough? And... I was going to do yeah. my Shake and Steven song, but literally no one, what, no one wants to hear it. You yeah. could have sung it. Oh, nah. No, yeah. no one to hear it. But uh, anyway, yeah, so we'll do our uh, Fight for the Year award ceremony at the, uh, towards the end of the show. But anyway, it's a packed and momentous hour you've got uh, lined up because yeah. uh, this is our what our last show for, for a little while. A couple of, couple of months, maybe. Yeah, while uh, Richard goes off uh, travelling around India, meeting all our Indian cousins. So that'll be fantastic. But um, yeah, anyway, should we crack? have any Indian cousins. Everyone's got Indian cousins. We're all... We're, Living a planet of brothers, brotherhood. That's, that's true. I never thought about it. Like uh-huh. We're all people together as one human family. Anyway, yeah, should we crack on with the show? Yeah, let's crack on. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to go into a bit of general nonsense, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, I was going to say it's just as and well. We always call it general nonsense, but it's it's news as well. Boxing oh. news and general nonsense. Bit of both. Yeah. It's just as well we have these stingers because for all the listeners at home, Richard just let out what can only be described as one of the worst burps I've ever heard. Oh, all right, mate. <laughs> Behind the veil, sequence into the show. But uh, anyway, yeah, should we? Um... Oh, hang on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come on, let's start with uh, what I've got lined up. I've heard a rumor. This is today. Yeah, I heard Miguel Cotto is very close to signing um, a fight on the weekend of the Puerto Rican Independence Day to fight none other than Sergio Martinez. Oh, that would be fantastic. That'd be a great fight. Everyone loves a good Puerto Rican Mexican standoff. Well, one of them is Argentinian, but. Against Sergio Martinez. Excuse me. That's... <laughs> I, when you said that, what he went through my Canelo. head? Yeah. Apparently, apparently he doesn't want that fight. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? Is that just like a step I don't back? Know. I, I don't thought that's a huge payday. I think No, I think what the big appeal that he said was it's the opportunity to win, become a world champion at another weight level. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think it's... I think it's... Yeah. Be, um, Whereas if he fights Canelo, he's not going to win a title or... Yeah, it would true. be massive, and everybody loves a Mexican v. Puerto Rico rivalry. Really do. It's the best in boxing. Absolutely. <coughs> well, what do you think? Has Conor uh, got any much of a chance? Both of them are fairly well, ageing now. They're getting yeah, on they both. Well, you, the last fight I saw was against uh, Sergio Martinez. It was against Murray, wasn't it? Yeah. And he did not look good. Whereas Cotto, when I saw him against... Um, 
his last fight, he looked really good, even though before that I was starting to think, I don't know if his heart's still in it. Does he Does he want any more of this? But Maybe just doing a few uh, big paydays. I've got to say, he does strike me as the type of character who, not that he has to look for legacy, because all that type of stuff is already um, concreted into his uh, life already, but um, he does strike me as the type of guy who just wants to go out and find like a massive superstar for the sake of like challenging himself and the, for the sake of taking on someone who's like a bit of a... <coughs> Find somebody who's almost like a living legend. Not that I. Well, am. I know. I don't. I don't know. I, I'd certainly Martinez seen. There. I'd, I'd seen previously over the past two years. I was sensing he doesn't have that hunger. He doesn't have. You'd read a lot, hear a lot of his interviews and things. He's often talk about his family, about his health and things, and it didn't sound like he had the fuel, the fire, the passion behind a, what a lot of fighters yeah. have. So I don't know, though, but. As I say, he looked great in his last fight and it looked like maybe he's got a bit of that hunger back and he is definitely a future Hall of Famer, great fighter. So, I re- I yeah. That would be an intriguing fight. Yeah, I really do like them both, i got to yeah, say. They're both yeah. very cool. I was going to say, someone who's definitely um, hungry... Um, <laughs> that sounds so stupid. <laughs> this guy's just really poor. Oh, okay. No, he's not really poor. That's maybe incredibly funny. Okay. Anyway, there's a, a proper bit of news. So there's a, the WBO uh, featherweight champion, Mexican Orlando Salido. Oh, yeah. And um, he's going to be making his uh, first defence. And this is what I find remarkable, up against uh, Vasily Lomachenko. So Lomachenko is the guy who, um, he's like an, one of the greatest amateur the, boxers of yeah. all time. Is he, the Ukra- is he Ukrainian? Uh, he is, yeah. And um, so he's got the, he won in his amateur career, European title, two Olympic golds. Wow. And uh, three uh, world amateur championships. Right. All at featherweight. So he's going to come up against um, uh, Salido. Salido, for uh, his part, He's like a very good boxer. His record isn't fantastic. It's like 40 wins and 12 losses. Yeah, but I have but to it, say a lot of those losses were early on in his career, yeah, if I remember exactly. correctly. I and he's actually, he's peaked quite late. And it's nice to see a fighter who has that many losses and is still considered one of the top guys in the division, which he is. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah. And um, what I was going to say, that uh, well, just on a side note, Salido apparently started boxing when he was like 15. Yeah. Like almost like professional boxing down in Mexico, where you get away That's with what Alvarez did, didn't he? He started yeah, at 15. really young, yeah. yeah. And um, anyway, what I, I guess what I find remarkable about it is that Lomachenko, that to, in essence, this is going to be like a second professional fight. That isn't quite true because he had some, uh, he was involved in some, I think it's like the World Series of Boxing where they don't wear head guards right. and it's almost like a pro fight anyway. <clears throat> okay, okay. But in any case, if this is is going to go in his record as like his second professional fight, but to be fighting like a yeah, world champion yeah, at yeah, that level, that's incredible. Although I saw the first Lomachenko fight, and he was uh, wonderful. Uh, what else? The other in more WBO news, I suppose. So um, lightweight champion, WBO lightweight champion, Ricky Burns. Yep, Scotland's own. Uh, basically, he was supposed to be fighting next uh, February up against the American Tyson Crawford. Apparently, he's still getting like numbness and like pains in the jaw. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, and so <laughs> maybe they're going to have to push back his. Um, yeah, maybe it's like his uh, defense. So yeah. we got when he got his jaw smashed by Michael yeah. Beltran. Yeah, you can't be, can't really be going into a world title fight if you, yeah. Unless he again just loaded up on Buckfast. Ah, oh, yeah. And doesn't feel anything, then goes in. That's Zero. true. But uh, what else came up? That um, Pacquiao's promoter, Bob Arum. Yep. Uh, basically, he wants to come up for uh, Pacquiao's next fight. And so Bob Arum said, listen, we've got three candidates. And uh, there's only one of these I'm even coming close to really want to see. There's uh, Juan Manuel Marquez. No. What would that be, number six, is it? Five. 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 Yeah. Uh, rematch with Tim Bradley. Mm. Could do, but yeah. it wasn't the most exciting one the first time, right? Yeah, but then, yeah. I don't know. I'd be interested to see how it goes when if Bradley doesn't have two broken ankles in the <laughs> <laughs> really? or, 
Here's that last one, Roslan Provodnikov. Yeah, well, they they were they're both trained by Freddie Roach, weren't they? They were sparring partners and things, mm. and yeah. So, well, talking about um, Provodkinov is I saw a video <coughs> just, uh, I think it was just today, in fact, Brandon Rios, mm-hmm. great little video he had where he was calling out um, Roslan uh, Provodkinov, or rather how he pronounces it, Ruslan Provodninov. <laughs> <laughs> Like Ruslan Provodin in the north. He does get hit in the head he for just, a little bit. Yeah, but he just can't say it, and it was quite funny. It had uh, had uh, Robert Garcia there, and they're all laughing at him, going, No, it's Provodkinov, and he's going, Provodvnonov. <laughs> um, but yeah, in this video, he was just calling out, saying that everybody's a little bit scared to fight Provodkinov, and he's not. And he just thinks, I, I for one think that would be a cracking. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> the Didn't two he? of them are just going to. I thought go... Rios failed a drug test. He did. That yeah, it was, a, it was a, a post-fight urine test. But um, I think what it was, I heard, was it was something that was a, a a diuretic to help him lose the weight. And I think that's that was the rumor I'd heard. Okay. Um, no. So it wasn't like a performance-enhancing thing, anything mm-hmm. like that. And a lot of people said that. He looked pretty shot, even at it looked like he struggled to make weight. And don't forget, this is a guy who used to be fighting at one three five not that long ago. Yeah, and he's still just you know struggling to. He's always struggled making making weight, really. Yeah, um, I don't know that much about his kind of personality, I suppose. But um, put it this way, he does he doesn't strike me as the type of guy who. It's almost that winning is less important than the idea just having oh, the fight. You know well, what I mean? There's something yeah. about the, the kind of glory going in and doing battle means more to him than actually... I mean, there's definitely an element there to that and his his character. Um, and in this video, you know, he came out and he said, oh, Pacquiao totally, Pacquiao totally, like, destroyed me. Just yeah. whooped my ass. <laughs> oh, his whole team were there and they're all cracking up and laughing. And he goes, oh, I just didn't expect him to be that quick. And he just totally take my half it just totally just destroyed me and I was like that's so refreshing like some boxers really would come is. out and go yeah the, the better man won him a night but he came out and just like oh I just got my ass handed to me and that level of honesty I just think is really refreshing absolutely yeah. I think what else is uh, nice to see one of my favourite fighters I'm not saying this just because he's Irish but uh, Andy Lee yeah the reason I love this guy because <laughs> You know when you see uh, fellas boxing from like the 19th century and they had their hands up, it's like their fists, like their palms are pointed towards yeah. their own face and yeah, they kind yeah. of box and that, that's how that guy kind of boxes. <laughs> that's why I love Andy Lee, but apparently he's going to be taking on Matt Macklin. So, uh, oh, Matt really? Macklin. Has that been... Conf- uh, yeah, so he should be uh, sometime next year. I can't remember when, but uh, it's going to be... Uh, Matt Macklin, his last fight, came out and looked pretty, pretty poor, i got to say, against a fellow called uh, Lamar Ross like uh, last week or the week before. Right. And so Andy Lee decided, listen, even though Darren Parker has lost his titles, we can't just pass that wrong amongst all of us. Us English middleweights need to get this on and start yeah. fighting each other. Yeah. And um, that's a really, really, really good one. <coughs> yeah, I think that is. They both have that kind of Irish connection. But um, I think there's, in terms of like style... That's, they're kind of real suited to each other. You like Andy Lee? He's he's got power. He can knock people out, but he's not the he's not like an all-round. He doesn't great yeah, move. Matt Macklin is probably a bit more aggressive of the two, right? Yeah, and, and coming Lee forward, will be more of the boxer. But yeah, which um, <laughs> just this is I don't know why that reminded me, but uh, you know it's something that I found out exists today. You ever heard of wheelchair boxing? Mm, uh, no, I don't think I have. Right, I? this was uh, where did I see this? It was um, I don't know what I was looking at, but uh, basically, if you were um, disabled, so. What's called like, paraplegics, yeah, and uh, stuff like that, or if you're suffering some kind of motor neurone disease, and um, basically, some guy decided he it was like a 17 year old kid somewhere in the states, 
essentially kind of decided by himself that, um, he said, you know, that's what I love boxing. That's something I like to do. Got himself down a gym, found a trainer yeah. and said, yo, can you teach me? Yeah. Kind of said the word out. And then they have matches, like proper boxing matches. Okay. It's, it's, it's strange in some senses because obviously like the movement is all... Is it all in the ring as well? Yeah, like a proper it? ring, roll people in. Okay. And... Um, but the guys there, you, they kind of roll up to each other with the gloves on or whatever. They must, yeah. I'm assuming, like adapt the wheelchairs. But literally kind of sit in front of each other. And then... It's just effectively two people sitting down slugging the shit out of each other. I gotta say, <laughs> if that guy... You ever seen the Paul Hogan film, Almost an Angel? No, I've seen Crocodile Dundee three times. When he was <laughs> right. a little kid. He, he starts to film Almost an Angel. And one of the characters is a guy in a wheelchair. And he's like really embittered about the world. And he hates that. He's, he keeps on trying to start uh, fights with people in bars. And goes, right. listen, if you're down in my size, I'll knock your head off. Right. And uh, Hogan walks in with his beautiful Australian accent. And uh, meets him at the bar. And the guy goes, get the hell out of my way, I'll knock you out. So Hogan goes, all right then. Grabs a chair at random, puts it in front of him, sit down. <laughs> rolls up his sleeves and goes, all right, come on then. And after that, they have like this beautiful friendship, and then I won't ruin the end of right, one of Paul okay. Hogan's greatest ever films. I mean, I'm never going to watch it, so you can ruin it for me. Oh, it's good. I, for all the listeners at home, almost an angel, just have a look. Okay. Is he an angel? He might be. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, anyway, maybe that's where he got inspired from, because that's yeah. the first thing that went through my head. I love that idea, though. Fair enough. I know. Um, all right, the other news we've got uh, Vitaly Klitschko. He's announced his retirement from boxing to focus on politics. He right? is, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, in the minute in the Ukraine, they're having like massive political protest about um, whether or not the country wants to side with the evil Russians or whether or not they want to join the beautiful people of the European Union. Yeah. I mean, what's he called his party? Isn't it called the Punch Political Party? It something is. like that. I yeah. Mean, it's a different word, but it's the U- Ukrainian equivalent of yeah, Punch. Yeah, it's something like an incredibly bad pun. Yeah. It's like, I think we probably already yeah. know you're a heavyweight champ, mate. But, uh... Exactly. Don't milk it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um... Oh, we might do the, like, the next part of the show, come into um, a bit of a heavyweight discussion as a bit of a special for the end of the year. But, um... Oh, <laughs> Shall I tell you what I spent about a good hour this afternoon doing. Yeah. And again, there's a lot of fun. If you ever go online, you type in, like, the world's kind of shittiest boxer. Oh, yeah. And there was a plethora of <laughs> gold on there. And uh, I found a guy called Brian Sutherland. Right. Okay, so uh, you can look at this up on YouTube. Just, uh, Is he any in. relation to the actors? Let's hope so. <laughs> but amazing, this is... He was a professional fighter. Unbelievably, he was a pro, uh, professional uh, pro fighter back in uh, 1993. And you can watch right. this on uh, YouTube. So before the fight, he bragged about being like an undefeated street fighter. He said, listen, I get in bar fights all the time. I knock everyone out. He's not that big. He's maybe like a middle right. <clears throat> Knock everyone out. No one stands a chance. And so his quote was, listen, if I'm beating people up on the street, I might as well just beat people up in the ring and get paid for it. Yeah. Absolutely, he's American That's guy. good logic. Absolutely. So uh, he had two fights. First one didn't go so well, doesn't win that, but he doesn't. How, was it, how did it go? Lost decision? Yeah, he got knocked out, but he didn't mind about that <laughs> because he knew that was luck. He's, he's, he, this boy knows, oh. knows how to fight. Everybody gets a bad bit of luck. So he goes into the ring. What was the guy who was fighting? I think his name was Kenny Rainford. Sky's kid. It is, yeah. Somehow, Sky's kid came out fighting in America. And Rainford, again, only had, like, a couple of fights. Anyway, the guy comes in, he's bragging, he's stand-up, he's got this beautiful mullet. I'm talking, like, <laughs> this fantastic moustache, one of those kind of handlebar ones the just hanging down. The one, yeah? Oh, yeah, proper mullet and, mullet and just stand there like, let's have some, let's do this. And a uh, ding, 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 <laughs> runs out. And um, God love him, his tactic, it's clearly what he does in bar fights, runs straight into the centre of the ring. And just starts windmilling punches. <laughs> now you know, prop like I don't yeah, mean yeah. hooking from side to side. Yeah, I'm talking like no. like vertical windmills, kind of slapping, does yeah. that. And this guy's guy looks at him like, 
What? How did you even get a license to come yeah. in here and fight? The commentators over the top. You're going to listen to this on YouTube. See him and just start cracking up. It's like it's a ah. wind, that's got to be a wind up. I don't think it is wind up because it takes the Skies guy about a minute, kind of dark and weaving, before it just one two. It's a beautiful knockout where he hits him in the face, literally spins Sunderland around, and then Sunderland. Yeah, that kind of. Split second look of ah, that hurt. <laughs> Crumples down and starts bouncing in between the ropes. Ah, uh, um, yeah. I don't. How does he get a license? Surely you have to have some sort of, um, not necessarily amateur background, but you'd need something other than. Hang on, but this is back in the nineties where you could get away with a oh, lot. Back of... in the golden era. Exactly. I know, like a similar thing, right? Let me take you back, you know, to February sixteenth, nine ninety six. This is in the golden days. We don't really talk about UFC, but this is the golden days of the UFC. And um, this is when, like, any lunatic, if he claimed enough bullshit, could just walk in and get a job. Right. So uh, let me introduce you to a fellow called Thomas Ramirez. Good name. All right. This is how the commentator introduced him when he came into the fight. So he's standing (laughs) in the corner and goes, the legendary street fighter from Puerto Rico. (laughs) Like that. He weighs in at a whopping 410 pounds. No. And has an incredible 200-0 street fighting record. That's ridiculous. 410 pounds. I mean, to be fair... That's like someone out of WWF when they used to just lie, say, Andre the Giant's like 530 (laughs) pounds. It's like... I mean, to be fair, I look at the video, it's not a million miles off it, but uh, he's like a big... But 200-0, that's what they claim. Bare knuckle fighting. Uh, Is he fighting kids? <laughs> and uh, basically, he came up against like a legit MMA called MMA guy called Don the Predator Fry. Yeah. And I uh, was trying to guess how long that uh, how long that particular fight lasted. How long did the uh, two hundred nose street fighter last? Eleven seconds. Oh, eight seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Walked in, stood there. He threw a punch, missed, and then plonk around the chin. No. <laughs> just landed on the ground. Wow. Decked out. Was my uh, what a dickhead. I know. Again, God bless the internet. Was my favourite one, but um. We were talking about this a little bit before the show. You ever heard of a guy called um, Usman Uzi Ahmed? No. So he's a British fighter. So he's um, he comes from uh, Der- uh, Derbyshire, and uh, he was like a contender for like the British Masters English. They say like a British and Commonwealth title, but I'm not sure he's that uh, good. Anyway, right. he's like a super flyweight, and uh, he didn't have the greatest uh, record, like 15, eight wins, and like the rest are losses. Anyway, he looks very much like a young Prince Nazim. Right. And you can watch this uh, kind of video online, Uzi Ahmed. And, uh, you know, Prince would come in and just have this incredible confidence and swagger and dance all the way to the ring. Uzi clearly has seen this and thought, yes, please, money in the bank. I've seen this, actually. He's got the gold chain with Uzi written on the front. Yeah. And just dances beautifully <laughs> for two minutes, thrusting in just a proper swagger. Someone, if only in a flying carpet, is the only way the entrance <laughs> would have been any better. Uh, but I uh, absolutely love that guy. Again, yeah, 30 seconds. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, that rings a lot of bells. That, I'm sure I've seen that. It's clip. one of those unfortunate ones where not only does he get like, knocked out, but he gets knocked out clean and then starts like dangling between the ropes. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's not good. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm a big fan um, of that guy. I was going to quickly mention before we move on to um, the next segment. Yeah. Um, the probably the hottest topic in the boxing world at the moment, which is I don't know. Did you see the clip of Alex Reza at the end of the Adrian Broner versus Marcus Maidana fight, the big one, which we are going to discuss later on in the show yeah. review. Um, at the end of that fight, I think it was at the end of round eleven, the fitness and uh, Oh, conditioning actually, yeah. coach Alex Ariza is seen slipping something white into a, a napkin and 
and putting it up over Megana's mouth, and he's then given a drink of water. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, a lot of speculation about it. Alex Ariza's come out and says, no, it was just a piece of gauze, like... That I was crabbing into his mouth. Exactly. What <laughs> the, the fuck drink. is that all about? And, and the other thing is, if he did do that, why are you being such a dickhead and doing it in such blatant... I mean, what were you thinking? It's almost one of those... Again, it's hard to say with the boxing, because there's lots of um, crazy characters in there. But um, it's almost one of those type of things where... You're on live TV. It's one of the biggest fights in Madonna's career. Is it even possible to get away with anything of that I don't type? Know. And besides, if you give someone a pill to last, what life? I don't well, even know what the thing that I thought was strange was a. I don't know if there's maybe are fast metabolizing substances, but I would have thought most pills you take, you're talking about a good five or ten minutes at least mm-hmm. before the body's able to metabolize and get it in. Now I'm sure there are things that go in quicker, but in through the stomach, you have to get the acids and things for that and then get around the body. If you give them something like that going into the twelfth round, there's a good chance none of that's ever gonna I wouldn't have thought so. No. And uh, well, I've got to say that uh, Madonna, after the fight, did do his um, normal uh, drugs yeah. test. Uh, which, well, uh, again, well, maybe, passed, maybe, so. maybe that's what uh, maybe that's what the pill is. Maybe that's to disguise all the other <laughs> stuff that he's on. And he takes that just at the end of the fight, and that's boom, that knocks all the tests out. But yeah, um, the only thing I would say, I mean, if it, if if they are giving him dodgy stuff, you can't condone that, and it's dodgy. Now Alex Ariza has a lot of problems. He's the same guy training Rios, who failed those tests. Mm. He's the same guy. He's had so many uh, previous things come up where he's clearly involved um, in dodginess yeah. and. But at the same time, that referee, that's one of the worst refereeing. There were so many things against Maidana. And going into it, you, you could kind of understand the logic of somebody thinking, well, do you know what? If they're going to be cheating, using all these things against us, us having points taken away, the other guy getting away with all these other unjust things, everybody's against us. Maybe we've got to take things into our own hands. Now, I'm not condoning it at all, but you can maybe see a logic. Yeah, maybe. Again, the only way we wouldn't uh, really know for sure, I guess, is uh, if a drug test came back negative. Yeah. But at the moment, it, or it's, sorry, a drug test came back positive. At the moment, yeah. it hasn't. So he's you in the car and beating very yeah. square. But it's definitely something dodgy. I've, <laughs> I've looked at that clip and something goes into that and there's definitely, which is a real shame because, yeah. That's true. Right, will that uh, wrap it up for the bit of news? I think so. Yeah. Okay, so I understand you've got some... Uh, we're going to go through, do some little silly award-type things. We'll just talk about some of the good Oh, yeah, some events. of the you know, best and brightest oh, just, for this just year. Just before we do that... Oh, I've yeah. Got, um, a, we t- I talked about last week, present. Um, present for you. Hey, it is a Christmas Technically, special. I got. I did get two. One of them hasn't turned up yet. I'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but the first one... Audley Harrison realizing the dream. His I... autobiography. It looks uh... pretty old. I think he. I think he wrote it. Um, and look, it's all handwritten. I think this was the original, but and it never got published. <laughs> <laughs> it's not handwritten. But I was gonna say the only thing bigger than a smile on my face is, is the smile of yeah. Audley's face in the front of that yeah. book. I know. And if you if you look in here, you've got sixteen ninety nine. Oh, I know, I know. Don't worry, I, I didn't pay that for it. Um, but if you look in here, you've got, I don't such, think it's gonna be like you've got such chapters as opening one, Wild at Heart. Yes. And Chilling in the Chiller. Yeah, that's great. Um, and all an all-round education. So it's mm-hmm. clearly and then my oh, my, my favourite, chapter nine, Lord of the Rings, where he <laughs> where he just talks about uh, his favourite Lord of the Rings characters. <laughs> Um, that's fantastic yeah I'm sure it won't be let's have a look I didn't even look at these some of the pictures 
Oh. Each and every one is looking like an absolute mean machine. Oh, there he is, he met, met the queen. queen. Met the queen What's and Muhammad him? Ali. With and Prince Nassim. Prince Nassim and Lennox. Oh, wow. For a Again, he is an Olympic champion. And, yeah. to my mind, the greatest Olympic champion of all time. And I wouldn't have anything said against that. Probably. What about Steve Redgrave? No, it means nothing to me. <laughs> Jesse Owens, none of that nonsense. Look at him there. That's him winning it. But there you go. And a so, speaker bomb. That's fantastic. Yeah. Thanks a million. That is no very, worries. very cool. And the, um, the, other, the other present I had for you was a... Um, it was a Tyson Fury, Team Fury t-shirt. Oh, yeah, which yeah. I ordered, yeah. Got them, but they hadn't turned up. Oh. Still waiting. Well, yeah. <laughs> well you know. I've done a cast aspersions on the uh, Fury family business, but are they... Ah, that's all right. I'll tell you what, though. Really nice guy. I think his name is Paddy or something who's obviously running the account. But, yeah. Um, yeah, after doing me a deal, if anybody wants a team, they they look great. Anybody wants one, get out. Get on Facebook, the official Team Fury Fury. Uh, Facebook page and send them a, a message saying you want one of his T-shirts, and I guarantee you, once you buy one of them, he'll come back with a bit of a deal. He'll <laughs> get you buying three like he did with me, and then he um, well, Arthur Daly offered, <laughs> yeah. and then he offered me um, some signed, uh, some signed uh, boxing gloves signed by Tyson himself. Fantastic, which I was tempted, but I was. I was clean out of cash. Oh, well, yeah. are they not reasonably priced? I'd oh, hope. well, he'd offered me a real good deal. And, <laughs> and I think that the the quote he used was, it's a real collector's item, mate. Get them. <laughs> you know, real wheeling and dealing. So if you guys do want them, I mean, I myself, I've got one for me and one for you. Oh, again, I'm, I'm going to be wearing mine round India. I just want to make clear that he's he's not delivered these yet. Oh, Did no. He like a date before he's going to... No, but listen, it's busy, isn't it? It's Christmas time. <laughs> If, if you are listening, Paddy, mate, yeah, send him... Send, he's not going to be listening. He could be. He yeah, could send be. Him send, send him in soon, because I need to get it before I go off to India, mate. I'm going to be spreading the Team Fury message out there. And if you do, I really want free tickets to a boxing match. If you get, like, a million, like, Indian followers... Oh, yeah. Team Fury, that would be... Yeah, I'm going to be taking a punch-drunk boxing podcast and mm. Team Fury out there. And spread the word internationally. Yeah. I'm going to get a photo of me in front of every single... Um, <laughs> Religious temple. Just in my Team Fury t-shirt. Oh, I can't imagine something slightly more sacrilegious than that. Oh, well, maybe. <laughs> the combination between... Sacrilegious. <laughs> That's very cool. I don't even like know that. what that means. But, yeah, anyway. Now, um, now, did you say you had a present for me? I do have a present for you, but uh, I guess the only way... I bought a mascot, I guess, for all the listeners at home wondering what's going on. Oh, I bought really? a mascot for Richard. Oh, let's have a look. And... <laughs> In the oh, finest wow. shop in uh, South London today. In Stratton? Yeah, found that bad boy. Look at him there. For for you listeners um, who can't see this, it's a... Three foot uh, high... Three foot high German Shepherd. Uh, <laughs> stuffed, stuffed German Shepherd, I should German say. Shepherd toy. He is a beauty, um, isn't he? The, yeah, looks a bit like Alf, the uh, alien in the... Got his paws are a bit off, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's so a... He's got, like, some of these... Yeah, he's taking a baseball bat to his kneecaps. Yeah, he's not the greatest. Hang on, I'm gonna. <laughs> he doesn't even stand up. That's yeah, great. That's, oh, that's like the thing. That. Otherwise, he would stand up, but uh, you know, he's not one of those top of dogs. Has he? Has he got a name? Uh, or is that for me to decide? That'll be you for so to decide. That'll be me with old. Um, we'll call him. Call him dog. <laughs> me and dog out in India with a Team Fury. You could call him Alf, considering that's what he looks that like. That would but, um... take up three quarters of my bag. So. 
That I'm, is I'm good. gonna have to get rid of quite a lot of clothes. <laughs> well, oh, I would have said. Cheers, mate. That's anyway, a, yeah, that's very cool. Person. He can be the new mascot for the show. We'll have to stick some pictures up on the website because that guy is an absolute beauty. Yeah, love that fella. But uh, anyway, yeah, what were we gonna go into? Should we do the? Uh... Uh, you were gonna do a breakdown of awards. Oh yeah. So. Ah, uh... oh, this is it. This is what we want. I mean, I could have stopped it. I could have just stopped this and we could have cut back if you said you weren't ready. But... Uh, oh, no, I'm not even close to being ready. I'm not even sure I'm ready now. All right, I'll cut in. I'll give you... I'm going to give you a... Um, you've got to pick the number one. I'm going to give you five options. Okay, lovely. And you've got to pick which one is winning the award, right? Mm-hmm. And this is for the best made-up story of the year from our show. Okay? Oh, And nice. they have to be... They're clearly not true. Yeah. Right. I mean, the people... I probably claim they are, but anyway, right. I'm going to give you five options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number one is those three Russian kids who claim that they'd uh, bumped into a yeti. Oh, I did like that one. They yeah. were good. I mean, that was fucking absolute rubbish. Turned out it was a kid just wearing a jumper walking around. Well, that's a bush. what I think. They didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that story. Yeah, I didn't get around to finding the making of <laughs> that where they explain what happened. Um, Okay, number two is um, the guy who wrote in to Roberto to say that his wife was trying to poison him. I always thought that was true. Well, in retrospect, maybe not. But He might have thought it was true. He was obviously a lunatic if he did. Mm -hmm. What was the next one? All right, um, number three, we'll have um, the Freddie Roach eyeball-eating story. Have we ever told this properly on the show? I reckon you do it now. Okay, right. So, um, Can you remember it? Yeah, I can. So the story is that uh, Freddie Roach told this in an interview a couple of years ago, and um, for everyone, I guess, who doesn't know, back in the day when Freddie Roach was fighting, so he fought at one of the lower weights, but he was, uh, you see him now when he comes across as like super lovely, he's charming, he kind of speaks to people, when he's not getting into fights with uh, Brandon Rios, he comes across yeah. as a lovely guy. But um, anyway, back in the kind of uh, late 80s and early 90s, when Freddie Roach was like a proper wild man, before the Cotton Parkinson's hit and he had to slow down his uh, the pace of his life, he was the type of guy, great, drinking all the time, and he'd be like models on his arm, all this type of crazy stuff. Anyway, yeah. so the story is, he was in a club with some Playboy model, they get in the car and they drive off down the road. The way he tells it is, he got followed by three tough guys, three like mafia guys, something like that. <laughs> and uh, anyway, they're in the car behind, and um, he gets out, and these kind of big, burly-looking Middle Eastern fellas step out and blah, 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 start screaming stuff. Freddie gets out of the car, and the way he describes it is, listen, I saw three of them come at me, and I sort of, what I'd have to do is, like, take the first guy out. And so, uh, anyway, this big guy comes over and starts screaming something about the girl or whatever, and Freddie, boom, hits him right in the chin, knocks him All to the right. ground. This... It all sounds plausible so far. He says at this point, listen, there are still like a couple of guys there, they're ready to kick my head in. So at this point, I had to do something that would terrify them so much that they would just scamper and run off. Right. So the way he tells it is, he knocked a guy to the ground, and he decided, then I decided I'd just jump on him and bite his eye out of his head. The exact phrase that he used was, so he went down, bit away, eyelashes in his teeth, is what he said to the guy who interviewed him. Yeah. So does he claim he actually got the eyeball out of the he, yeah, socket, yeah. or he just tried? You see, no. that's where I say, that's where I'm calling shenanigans. <laughs> I don't think it's humanly possible using a human's mouth, unless you, you'd have to shave away the fucking orbital bone. You can't... This is Freddie Roach, back in the day. 
almost world championship. In any case, sadly, his tactic didn't work because the two guys they came over just kicked him repeatedly on, yeah, on the ground that and you know, picked their friend up, got in the car, and drove off. But one uh, I'd say he took the eyeball clean out of the guy's socket. So he says. Yeah. But that's Freddie Roach's story. That's that's number one. <laughs> <laughs> There's almost no need to give the other two. But anyway, all right, I'm going to give you the next ones. Um, Number uh, number four will be the kangaroo that broke in through a window and jumped up and down on that guy's bed. Rack off roo? Yeah, that was rack true, off roo. No, that was it's a little... fucking not. It's a piss s- head who's needed to claim some money back on insurance. That was written in stone in the Sydney Herald, I believe, from, uh, if my sources are correct. it's written down doesn't make it true. <laughs> <laughs> That's not all the Harrison says. That's all he says in the blurb to his autobiography. He thinks Lord of the Rings is fucking a true story. Um, Everything I say is defo, defo true. Oh, yeah, it does say that. <laughs> um, all right, and then the final one I'll give you is that internet story we found um, that I've actually tried looking up, and I think it's been removed now, not really surprising, uh, that claimed Marvin Hagler was paying people to hunt men in the <laughs> Italian Alps region. <laughs> well, Remember that one? About that. And, uh, and that he was also dressing them up as Sugar Ray Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think I made that last bit up, but the, the, other, the rest of the story claimed that he was paying he to was, hunt men. He got tired of dominating other human beings physically, yeah. and so decided to take that next step. Yeah. And actually just chase him down with a gun. Well, that's what this website said, that it's been removed. <laughs> I mean, they're five fantastic stories. I mean, I would almost say the fact it's been removed, that's starting to sway me towards <laughs> maybe it's true. <laughs> maybe I sense a conspiracy theory here. Hagler's, uh, yeah. Which will I give to? On the basis that Freddie Roach says this story is definitely true. And you, listen, so you're going to take Freddie's word There could be Yetis okay. out there, for all I know. Oh, could uh, be. They would, would have been my top two contenders. But could I'm, be Yetis... Dressing up, disguising as kids, wearing a big black coat. I'm going to go for it. It'll have to be the Marvin Hagler. I don't know if he's actually hunting other human beings. <laughs> Especially okay. if they're dressed like Ray yeah. Leonard. Yeah. Which is frankly my favourite detail. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was the award from... That's the award. Bullshit so, story. The yeah, end. so well done, whoever put that website up. More, we never did the Audley Harrison chasing the bulls in Pamplona. I was going to add that in. That's a sixth, but that's not going to beat that, is it? That li- well, that won't involve me going to Spain. <laughs> <laughs> so, on the basis that that cost me about £400. You were going to Spain anyway. Yeah, you but just I just weren't going there. Yeah, I wasn't going to go to Pamplona, which was literally about four hours out of my, out of my way. Okay. Well, yeah, maybe they should win it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll give it to you. Oh, yeah. Another I mean, title for, uh, for the legendary... Marvellous. Marvin, <laughs> Marvin Nagler. Yeah. That is a good title. Okay, right. Um, have you got the other... Well, I'll throw you out another... I didn't really complete it. I've got the... Uh, I've, I wrote down here, top five strangest fighting events. Oh. And I had down the Romans uh, when they made blind people fight midgets. Little people. Yeah, little people. Um, and then underneath I had orangutan boxing. I don't know if you ever heard of that. No, what's orangutan boxing? It's basically where you get two orangutans, you put boxing gloves on them, and you make, it's horrendous. It's really, really cruel. Can they you do even it in get Thailand. them to fight each other? Oh, yeah. And they've got a belt for it and everything. <laughs> well. I, it's, it's, it's pretty... I mean, it's pretty, cool up and... Yeah, in. it's... Well, not for a belt. You know, they're still legitimate. That's true. I mean, <laughs> that is on the line, so... You know, it's, yeah. it's not for nothing, is what I'm saying. Exactly. Um, and that was it. I couldn't... <laughs> I must have got distracted, because underneath I've just got etc. <laughs> yeah. So it's blind people fighting midgets. We can think of a couple. I like the Egyptian spot. guy who fought oh, the Oh, yeah, tiger. the Egyptian fighting the lion. Yeah. Yeah. That was a proper boy. Feed it a whole donkey and... Uh, poke it with a and stick. poke it with a stick for an hour, and then claim that you... Uh, 
you beat the line. Yeah. I'm going to go for out of my favourites. I'll go for him on the basis that most people, if you said to him, "Listen, I'm a fighter. I'm a fight a lion." Most people just go, "Yeah, mate, that's never going to happen." That guy, he, God love him. I mean, he went to a lot of, a lot of effort, a lot of lengths to ensure that he wasn't really in any danger. But, yeah, but he's still yeah. man's intelligence, exactly over the beast, exactly. Clever boy, I like that fella. Right, so he wins that at three. <laughs> Right, where are your ones? I was going to say... Well, are I... you going to do serious ones? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mine are all, like, proper... Proper oh, okay. awards. All right. <laughs> all right, so I have the... Uh, yeah, who we're going to give... The two big ones, obviously, are... Fighter of the Year and Fighter of the yeah, Year. Yeah, because they're, like, they're so big, they're... massive things. Have you have you compiled a, uh, a short list? I have, indeed. So, uh, for legitimate, like, uh, Fighters of the Year. All right, first up, you've got Danny Garcia. Right, this is a guy who, I will be honest, I... Never the biggest fan of. No, but I do. I take that Lucas Matisse. He he definitely, yeah. So I, we, yeah, I think I, I, I. The other thing is, I've never really pointed out. I really like Danny. I think he's a really nice, decent guy. He's a really good for the sport. And yeah, I, it's not his fault that a lot of people have maybe bigged him up more than he deserves in the past. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he's certainly stepping up. No, he's he is definitely one for the future and yeah, I stand corrected with so, him. I, mean, I, did, I did give him a bit of a hard time. I'm not sure I would give him fighter of the year, but um he's a he's definitely he's had a very good year and I think there are great things for him to yeah. come. I mean he's still got one, I mean, one of the shittiest dads in the world. But. Absolutely. I mean, he only had two fights: one against Zab Judah, and the other one against Lucas uh, Matisse. Matisse. One both, both uh, unanimous yeah, decisions. A bit of a favoured refereeing with the <laughs> Lucas Matisse, but anyway. <laughs> okay, so not Danny. Right, the next on the list was going to be uh, Gennady Golovkin. GGG. Yeah, so he's had uh, four fights this year, all of them by uh, KO. So um, it well, back in what was it? Back in January, uh, Gabriel Rosado. Then, yeah, uh, I mean, the trouble, the reason why I find it hard to give it to him is because, yeah, he's looked great and smashed people out, but uh, I'm not sure. He hasn't fought anybody. Like, at least with Danny, he fought Lucas Matisse, and he was he was the underdog. A lot of people have written him off in that and said, mm-hmm. oh, you're just going to get knocked out and things. And I kind of, I thought, you know what, he might get knocked out, or I, I didn't think he was going to win. So that was another one of the genuine top guys in that division. He stepped up and he beat, whereas I'm not sure Golovkin has <coughs> fought... I mean, Matt Magden was uh, kind of top five when he fought him, and uh, Curtis Stevens, again, was in the uh, top yeah. ten when he uh, took care of them. But um, he'd be a shout only that I like a guy who fights that much during the year. Yeah. As does our kind of next contender, but uh, if we're not giving it to GGG, that, uh, this one would be really quite strong, I'm going to say. Let's uh, move on to, no, this guy instead. Adonis Stevenson. Yeah. So, again, Sorry. four fights during the year. You see, I'm, you look at that, and I'm leaning more towards Adonis Stevenson just... He, bought, he fought the number one at Chad Dawson. Yeah. Boom, knocked him out first round. Massive and again, upset. he was a yeah big upset. Tavares Cloud, leading yeah. contender again, knocked yeah. him out in the uh, light heavyweights. Then he fought Tony Blue a couple of weeks yeah. ago. No, no mug. No, again, he, absolutely does the he, business. So again, four KOs, four fights. I love the fact he's yeah. fighting that much. It's been a good yeah, couple of years since I've been talking about else? Is there nobody else on the list? Well, there's uh, three more. <laughs> okay. So um, Juan Estrada. So fighting okay. down to the flyweight uh, divisions, and um, he fought like two really tough guys, and one of both. Yeah. So Brian Flory and uh, Milan Melinda. Nah, nah, nah. Which was a great on. fight. Nah. Uh, and Kovalev, nah. Not nah. giving him to Kovalev I'm either. Not, I'm not liking any of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Who so else that, have we got? Well, the winner. This is the. What punch. do you mean, the winner? This is uh, this is who. Well, you I, haven't talked to me about it. I made an executive decision. Oh. 
to give it to... Uh, this really is the fight of the year, because in my mind, he's one right. of the two or three best fighters on the entire planet. But uh, Mikey Garcia. Oh, yeah. Again, because he's... Out of all those other boxers on the list, the Garcias, the Golovkins, the Adonis Stevenses, Mikey Garcia is generally just better at boxing. Yeah. He's more skillful, he's got more power per pound, all that type of good stuff. What about Riggan, though? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure that would be popular with a lot of people. But... Okay, how many t- he's only fought twice. Yeah. It's not enough for me. I need my guys to be Actually. coming out. Exactly. Garcia's fought three times. All... Uh, no, which one? Uh, KO in all yeah. of them. So uh, I fought like real... Uh, top contender so uh, Juan Manuel Lopez who's uh, excellent but in his last fight uh, Roman Martinez and again KO'd him around eight in so one I, of the fights I, of the year I so. like the fact that you've, you've already picked the winner there do you see how I had some sort of like interaction with you with my ones and then yours is just you, like you, you got to slag off Danny Garcia <laughs> that's true I didn't, <laughs> you know me I never miss no nah, I like Danny I really do like him I do I, hold, I take my hat off to him it's He's won a... me over. I hold my hands up. I've, I gave. Well, I was too harsh on him. I was too harsh. I think so. Yeah. Good things. I've got. I've got, I've got a good feeling about Danny. He's a Philly fighter, and yeah, <laughs> big things for uh, twenty fourteen. Hopefully, but um, yeah. Anyway, do we have an <clears throat> award or a prize for Mikey Garcia? We should have really got him on the phone. Except I don't know yeah, if he's speaking. Yeah, that's it. It's all right. Well, uh, we could have. We'll think about next year when we're planning the show. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Mikey, do we should give him a round of applause? No. You know it's that. No. Okay. No. And then the case. Two of us in a studio <laughs> <laughs> with a with a, a a German shepherd that looks like Alf staring at me. The way they can staring at me. His legs don't work. <laughs> like, I've got to take a picture of him. That the is... weird thing is, I would start clapping, oh. but um, dog. Really can't clap because his front paws no, don't work. Because somebody's taken a baseball bat to his exactly. knees. But uh, anyway, so Mikey Garcia wins our uh, Fighter of the Year. Okay. Should we do Fighter of the Year? Yeah, yeah, let's do Fighter of the Year. So uh, I guess this one's a bit harder because the list is long, long list. But um, we'll run through them quickly. So yeah. um, should I pick up uh, some of the top I'll competitors? Pa- I'll, pa- I'll pick them out. You pass it. Well, right. We've got down here. Um, Carl Froch v George Groves. Excellent fight, but... Uh, yeah, but it got... That's not going to win, because the referee ruined that. Yeah. Could have been nicely. one of the legendary ones, but... Uh, Carl Froch, Kessler? No. Better than that. Um, the Omar Figueroa versus the uh, the Arakawa. That was... You see, not for me. It was amazing, but it was too one-sided to, to win a fight of the year. It's that's my personal thing. It's certainly one of the most brutal fights maybe I've ever seen, but... Um, yeah. It was a lot of fun the, while it lasted. Tim Bradley versus uh, Provodkinov. Now that was that was incredible. Just because that looked like at any moment Bradley could and probably should have <laughs> got stopped, and somehow he found something from deep within. I mean, clearly a better boxer, mm-hmm. and clearly, but that was just a beautiful balanced swing back and forth in that fight, and real edge of edge of your seat stuff there. So well, well done, well done, Tim. So there's a beer for for those guys. Um, now, let's see what other ones down here I like. The Mike Alvarado versus Provodkinov. Not as good as the Tim Bradley one, so yep. no, we'll leave that off. Um, Alvarado, oh, I like the fact you put down that uh, Pro Pramuk versus uh, Kokietu. <laughs> That's not winning fight of the year, but that was a good one. Um, more obscure, oh, very good. The Lara v. Angulo, that was a cracking fight. Um, Brandon Rios v. Alvarado 2, no, it wasn't as good as the first. Do you know what you haven't got down here? Who? <clears throat> Gilmer Jones versus uh, what's his name? Oh yeah, my god! I've against uh, Lebedev, that was incredible. I mean, it was quite brutal, but it wasn't the best of uh, boxing skill. We'll put oh, that way. but I was an enjoyable fight, especially when Jones was uh, fell on the floor and it took him like <laughs> a minute to stand up and just looked like a big fat. But he got 
I can't give it to that because he got done for uh, performance enhancing drugs after that fight. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't know that. Oh, yeah, boo. did, so... I was going to say, if we weren't so incredibly lazy, we'd probably put the links for all of these up on the website, but um, we're defo not going to no, do that. So I'm you're not going to condone that. You'd have to watch it on the night. Pay the appropriate <laughs> uh, <laughs> people. Um, but do you know what else is done? I'd, it, you, it hasn't made the list here, but I know what fight I enjoyed the most from this year. Which one? It was last weekend. It was Wait. Adrian Broner versus Marcus <laughs> Maidana. I haven't enjoyed a fight. That had me screaming at my uh, screaming at the telly. I mean, absolutely. I mean, to round this off, we'll uh, pick one of these and then move into the. Uh... All right, let's go. Tim Bradley versus Provodkin. Absolutely, I think that had to just because the... that amazing. I mean, as I say, if it was a personal thing, I'd go for. Adrian Broner versus Marcus <laughs> Medana, because wow. But that Bradley I, from Odenkopf. That was that genuinely, uh, for a neutral point of view and the amazing balance, that's it, right. Absolutely. Let's move that's on. That's it. Congratulations there. Any any other awards we want to do? That's it. That's the best low blow. Oh, I'll give that to that guy from last week I talked about who gave a left a left uh, hook to the hip and then <laughs> followed by a left uppercut to the balls and then spat his gum shield out. Well, have, um, listen back to episode 16 and yeah. the details <laughs> That was a beauty. <laughs> uh. Okay, I'm very pleased to welcome back, we we hinted at it last week. He should have been back on last week, but we're welcoming back Roberto Duran with his advice comment Woo, for the Christmas special. Yeah, Christmas special here, and it's actually a Christmas themed question. Oh, excellent! It's lovely, festive, great uh, thinking. Panamanian um, post. We had our day. So yeah, we've through. we've been we've been uh, sending him off a lot of letters, hoping for a response. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them from me. Apologise for that last <laughs> running. Um, but one's eventually caught his eye, and it's from somebody called Frank. Um, I'm not going to use his full name, just in case his wife is listening. Oh, and you'll yeah. <laughs> That's a nice teaser, right? It's a nice teaser there for you. But anyway, so <clears throat> the letter starts off now. Where is this? Because should have read this out last week, right? Dear Roberto, firstly, I just want to say how much of a huge fan I am of yours. You're a true legend of the sport. Um, and a real idol for an aspiring boxer like myself. Oh, very good. Right. I remember... Um, oh, blah, blah. He does... <laughs> <laughs> something, something... Uh, yeah, he's putting in, like, his memoirs before asking the question. <laughs> right, uh, yeah, so, right, he says, right, can you please help me with this problem? Nice. Last year, I agreed to spend this Christmas at my wife's parents' ass. Fair enough. A schoolboy error, Frankie. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I've been making excuses why I can't go for the past two years, and I don't know how I can get out of this now. Yeah. uh, Hang on. I should point out that they really, really bore me. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for that, Frank. I can't handle spending Christmas there for four days. Even the kids ate it. (laughs) Even Yeah, four days. That's that's too long. That's too long. It's fucking Christmas. Four hours, maybe. At most, 12 to 4? Yeah, anyway, even the kids hate it there. And my oldest son is really putting a lots of... (laughs) He's really putting a lots of pressure on me to cancel. (laughs) (laughs) I've had a typo for a while, haven't we? Nice, pretty small. Um, So, yeah, he's got his... uh, He is 12 and he said it will ruin Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Good lad. (laughs) Starting young. (laughs) That's it, put a bit of pressure on your old man. (laughs) I don't know what to do. I need a great excuse. Please help. Excellent question. It is. That's very good. That's right up, Roberta's. Thank you very much, Frank. That's excellent stuff. Um, So, anyway, um, 
Sounds like a bit of a sticky situation. He's got himself in there. It's not easy. Tough one. Tough and one. I'd to probably say you just have to go with it. I mean, it is Christmas. I know yeah. the kids will hate him. They'll probably end up hating you. But yeah, how many? They'll probably live. You know, until well, eighty. One Christmas out of well, eighty. Well, you, you're thinking along the same lines. This is what Robert had to say about. It. He said, "Frank, I thank you for your letter of kindness and work hard with your boxing skills. Training is tough but necessary." Um, nice. I should probably point out, I skim read it, but there's a whole bit about Frank's training sessions which <laughs> skimmed over. <laughs> so I'm not getting into that. We're overrunning enough as it is. <laughs> Listening to him fucking struggling with double skips on fucking rope. Anyway, um, Roberto continues, sometimes in life you have to do things that are not enjoyable, much like training for fights, but they are necessario. Or necessary to you. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, Christmas is a time for family and doing things for others. It is also important for children to learn these lessons young. By continuing, by continually letting loved ones down, you are only letting yourself down. Oh, nice. And then he finishes off as usual with lo lo prometido es deuda. What does that mean? It means what has been promised is debt. Oh, nice. That is good. Right. I'm sorry, I've got a chip in here. Listen, Frank, mate, if you're listening, it's all well and good him giving you all those Spanish proverbs and saying all that stuff, but look. It's not really... It wasn't what Frank was looking for. Well, Roberto's not the one who's going to have to spend Christmas (laughs) with him, is he? Four days? I'm sorry, those parents-in-law sound like a bloody nightmare to me. I mean, I'd say, head over there. Bin it off. Bin it off. No, forget that. Head over there. Straight on YouTube, type in the best Roberto Duran and sit down and just watch him. Nah, I reckon watch right. Him I've got, nah, send get your son, the twelve-year-old. He sounds game, right? Send, <laughs> send him off around his uh, mates, and then you, what you do is you tell the wife that he's done a runner, and then you could be like, "Listen, love, don't worry. You go on to your parents. You enjoy Christmas. So I'll hold the fort back here. Wait for him to turn up. He'll get bored after a while. Job done. Everyone's a winner. She goes off, has a lovely Christmas with the parent." Parents, right? Yeah. He can go around, pick up the old boy. Get back in the eyes. He plays in the Xbox, and then Frankie can get totally munted and watch Nigel Ben videos on YouTube. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> That's what I'm going to be doing Christmas Day. <laughs> nah, I'm only kidding. That's the worst advice ever. But, um, oh, actually, do you know what he could do? No, go on. He could tell the in-laws that he's discovered he's got a bit of a problem with the old shoulder, innit? <laughs> just say yes to have an emergency operation. Work for David Hay. Damn, I did work. Boom. For... Seriously, Frank, mate, come round my house. I've got one of them camera phones. I'll gaffer tape a load of toilet paper to your shoulder <laughs> and we'll send him a picture so that you've, you've well, done your shoulder great. in. You can meet dog. Meet dog. Have a picture of him. And yeah, then just good. I'll text over to the in-laws and say, really gutted, maybe see you next year. <laughs> Something like that. Dumb. It isn't often we talk over at Roberto Duran's advice, I've got to say. I know. But, um... Well, we, we like to we like to give two opposing views on something, and that's up for Frank to choose. You know, Fair he's enough. got three options there: <laughs> fake an injury, <laughs> send the kid off, send the kid off. I mean, that's that's probably the worst one to go yeah, for. That just, opens up a can of worms. Yeah, we'll just do it. We'll just go ahead. Oh, that's the last thing you need. Four days. No, that is too long. Yeah, been off. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. More from Roberto in 2014. Yeah. So uh, just before we do the uh, reviews, so I guess that'll be the last reviews of the year. But um, so for all the listeners at home, you can play along because we're doing, going to do a quick quotes game. 
Yeah. I know you're a big fan of these. So um, I'll give you a quote of like a famous boxer. You just lay it on me. Crack an egg and knowledge all over me. Tell me who this is. All right. So the first one, I like it because it's a bit of sense of poetry. I probably won't get any of these, but go on. So talking about boxing, it's just a job. Grass grows, birds fly, waves pan the shore. I beat people up. It's tough, that. That's it's a tough one. It's just a job. Grass grows, birds fly, waves pan the shore. It's going to be somebody a bit... I beat people up. Um, give me a weight division. A heavyweight. Oh, it's always going to be heavyweight, isn't it? Greatest of all time. Oh, yeah. It's... Um... Oh, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. <laughs> Damn, I was trying to think of a funny one. I was going to go Herbie Hyde. <laughs> but uh, I, think just, I think it's just been done over a load of drug stuff, actually. Um uh, it's Ali, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, cool. Ali, we like that one. Right, uh, talking about his uh, next one, talking about uh, someone asked him, what are you going to do after boxing? And so uh, the boxer replied, I might just fade into Bolivia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, I could Slightly mispronounced Oblivion there, but uh, yeah. I might just fade I into like Bolivia. I like to think that that's somebody from near Bolivia <laughs> he didn't mispronounce it he was making a, a bit of a cool pun uh, again I'm going to need a weight class oh heavyweight again era rough give me a decade 90s uh, I might just fade into Bolivia oh. <laughs> that's a fantastic word that is um, I'm going to go for Hazim Rackman <laughs> or uh, as a friend of the show Iron Mike Tyson oh Iron Mike Tyson okay speaking about Lennox Lewis he called me a rapist and a recluse. I'm not a recluse. Is that Mike Tyson? Iron Mike. Yeah, the rapist is a bit of a giveaway. <laughs> Again, talking about Lennox Lewis. My main objective is to be professional, but also to kill him. Mike Tyson. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, next Sensing one. a running theme here. Uh, talking about going to the zoo. I paid a worker at New York's zoo to reopen it for just me and Robin. That's Mike Tyson. We went into the gorilla cage, and there was one big silverback gorilla there, just bullying all the other gorillas. And he did it, didn't he? They were so powerful, but the eyes were like an innocent infant. I offered the attendant $10,000 to open the cage and let me smash that silverback's face. (laughs) (laughs) That end bit's not true. That's absolutely, that's what he said. Let me smash oh, that Mike, silverback's face. You nutter. uh, I've I've heard him talk about that, and he said he went and he did that robin in the zoo. Went off, did it in a bush. Really? Yeah. Oh, she was she was very good looking back. She was. And uh, finally, talking about himself. She probably still is. My biggest weakness is my sensitivity. I am too sensitive a person. Is that Mike again? That's absolutely Mike Tyson. <laughs> Friendly Joe, Mike Tyson. He's very sensitive, man. All the aspects really like of his personality, I would have said. Have you seen the film Mike Tyson, where he's just him in front of the camera talking about himself? No, I've heard that's the black and white documentary. Yeah, really, really good. I've heard it's fantastic, but yeah. Right, great stuff. I hope everyone in- I'll give you. Um, oh, yeah. I'll give you a quote. Actually, I've just got to find it first. If you bear with me, um, I looked this up the other day. It did. It did make me laugh. Right. He said, um, "You see, you, you plumber from Liverpool. It's personal between me and you, and I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do you serious harm. You big stiff idiot." <laughs> Right, and I'll tell you this, I'll give you a few clues now. At that point, somebody who was was holding the mic interjects and goes, oh, look, look, please calm down, remember we're on live TV. And he turns around and goes, oh, oh 
all right, all right, like that. And it looks like he calms down. And do you, do you want to hear the next part yep. of it? He then says, also, they're going to need ten plumbers to do you once I'm finished with you. And you know your gay lover, Tony Bellew? I'll fight him. And then he just gets cut off. <laughs> Live on Channel 5. <laughs> you big, stiff idiot. That is right. a, Who is that? It's, it's about David Price. Oh, that's not Del Boy. No. Oh, who is it? Tyson Fury. Oh, come on. Maybe I could have got that. All right, moving into the review section. I need to... I've, I've been aware that over the past few episodes, talking a lot about Tyson Fury. It's this... It's a lot of bias. I'm just hoping that, uh, yeah, maybe we can get him on as a guest. We might have to. Yeah. Or just not even get him on the show. Just go out for a few beers with him out in Blackpool. <laughs> Down Blackpool. Tyson, if you're listening, mate, I'm up for a tattoo as well. We'll have a cigarette, get a tattoo for the day. And I smoke. So, so oh, Garrett, we'll have all the cigarettes. Um, but, yeah. right, we're going into the review, uh, coming into the last part of the show. So the reviews of... This is going to be our last review session for uh, yeah, the next couple of months. Well, it's going to be the last show. <laughs> so um, so uh, the first one. So um, what happened last week? Martin Murray. Yeah. So uh, middleweight division. For some reason, he's only fighting eight rounds, which I find a bit strange. But anyway, he came up yeah, against a guy nice. called uh, Sergei Konchemsky. Yeah. And um, again, Martin Murray's record, technically, he should maybe, depending on how one looks at it, might, he probably should may well be the... Uh, come on, been... get it out. Get it out, son. <laughs> no, 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 come on. <laughs> you need this part of these things in the show because it, it lets the listeners know shall I try that again what happens that... when you drink uh, when you shotgun three cans of <laughs> San Miguel I'll make that a bit more uh, professional so Martin Murray uh, had a very unimpressive very close eight round points decision <laughs> against a guy called Sergei Kaminsky yeah and um, Murray's coming off his uh, performance against Sir, uh, Sergio Martinez where some people reckoned including yourself that yeah. maybe he should have been a middleweight champion but anyway yeah looking very very poor sadly Okay, and yeah, for some reason, good. was fighting eight rounds as opposed to fighting. Um, yeah, is this was an injury or something. There's a back. Something must have been niggling. That is odd because he looked good mm. against Murray, even in the latter rounds. He was looking. He looks looked good. Yeah, well. So why is dropping off four rounds? Uh, what else came up? So uh, Kevin Mitchell again. Uh, <laughs> these were on the same night, and uh, came up in the lightweight division fighting a guy called Karim El Kwanzgari. Yeah. And uh, Mitchell this time won by, I think he got, uh, knocked out uh, Quasgari. Ninth round. I think it was indeed. And uh, looking decent, but um, it was like it had a bit of a weird ending because um, basically uh, the opponent grabbed his arm and said, listen, my arm's a bit done in. Looked at the kind of referee and Mitchell looked at him and some would say maybe perhaps a little bit unsportingly just went straight at him like a bulldozer and ting, 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 I don't ting. think so. They were, they ended up on the ropes um Mitchell got a couple of good shots in. They split apart, and it was then the guy held his arm and he looked at the referee, and it all happened within a matter of seconds. And you you don't. I mean, yeah, Kevin, Kevin, he's a, he's a he's a, bit of a boy. He's a boy. He's not gonna. If you look away from him, you, you're getting hit. Absolutely. Bear that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Mitchell, no, Mitchell did exactly what any boxer would do. It's protect yourself at all times. It was one of those things. The referee didn't have a chance to do it. The guy was, yeah, he's only got himself to blame, really. And I was say, ending a night for it, it wasn't. Even and a... and he was, he was losing that fight badly anyway. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, Mitchell is a far, far better uh, standard of boxer. Anyway, on the same night, the last one again, it wasn't the best night for uh, British fighters, but uh, because Lee Purdy was fighting uh, 
again, 12 rounds, welterweight division this time for the European uh, welterweight title. Coming up against a guy called Leonard Bundu. I think, uh, is Bundu Italian? I think he is. And um, anyway, yeah, Purdy, uh, sorry, Lee Purdy, I beg your pardon. Sadly, yeah, didn't go all that well for him. Ended up uh, losing by uh, KO. Yeah, I didn't actually see the fight, but I did. <coughs> yeah, I noticed the result. Yeah, it wasn't great. But um, I think he lasted all the way to uh, kind of round 12, but then... He was uh, getting pretty much like, beaten up. Was for he it. losing the fight? Oh, yeah, that, absolutely. Yeah. By uh, sadly, a bit of a mile. But uh, that Bondu fella he fought hasn't lost. I think his record is like 30 fights. Right. Not the biggest, uh, it hasn't the strongest punch, but again, yeah. this is for Lee Purdy, it's a bit unfortunate, I suppose, because the last one, do you remember we fought uh, Alexander? Yeah. Uh, a couple of months ago, and that one was massively just way, Devin Alexander was just a way, way above his head yeah. in terms of, like, skill and uh, yeah. power and whatever. But um, anyway, so it wasn't the greatest evening for English fighters. It was, however, an amazing evening for, if you're Argentinian, because Marcus Maidana was fighting in the welterweight division up against Adrian, I am the world's... That problem, Broner. Well, the problem was solved, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. We found out Adrian, I'm the world's biggest shithead, Broner. He's not the world's biggest shithead. I disliked him even more through this fight that I had before. Oh, I can... No, I didn't. If anything, I've... I wouldn't. I'd still was loving it, and I was going knock him out. But I did. I. I think the trouble with Broner is what you realise is he's still quite young, and yeah, he is cocking shit. But yeah, he had a bad role model. He picked a poor role model. Didn't he? That's never <laughs> going to help. Yeah. Oh come on. I like yeah, it. but there's a certain thing, and then he takes takes it to an even greater level, and. Um, you know, it will be yeah. interesting to see how he bounces back. The one thing with this, I couldn't. I couldn't believe how one-sided all the boxing pundits and people had this fight going. I was shocked how easily they thought Broner... You read everywhere that just everyone's like, yeah, Broner's just going to win it. Yeah, he's just got too much. He's mm-hmm. And I was thinking, he stepped up a, a, a big weight class. And, yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. And uh, I guess for anyone who, um, who hasn't seen it, so uh, Madonna took it on um, like a fairly wide points decision. He won by like six rounds, uh, clear on the three Yeah, he actually, he actually had it a bit wider than... Than I did. And uh, he had Broner down the second round and uh, knocked him down again in the eighth. But uh, pretty much from round one onwards, Madonna went straight for him, started yeah. throwing big looping shots. He caught him with a good shot on the back of the head, which oh, staggered him. The legs got tangled, but um, yeah, it's almost like the minute that punch landed, Broner was like, oh shit. This is, I don't think I've been, I haven't quite been hit like this before. But he got his, uh, actually, before we get into the fight, I was watching this on Box Nation and I switched on just in time to see um, Broner's ring entrance. So he starts starts his ring walk and he's coming in. And I noticed this guy, part of his entourage, he's mm. really tall at the back and he's wearing some kind of rubber mask. And I'm sitting there thinking, who's that supposed to be? Next thing you know, old Buncey, Steve Bunce clocks it and he's like, <laughs> He turns around and he goes, who's, who's that guy in the background? It looks like, yeah, no, it look, it's Ian Paisley. <laughs> he goes, is Ian Paisley there? <laughs> I didn't know Adrian Broner was a Protestant. <laughs> uh, it was like classic Buncey. I was cracking up. Love it. Um, if Ian Paisley joins Adrian Broner's entourage. <laughs> that would be some of the strangest pairings. That could maybe be the only thing that would make me dislike Broner a little bit, <laughs> a little bit more than I already do. But, um... <laughs> oh, dear. That's funny. But again, for going back to the fight, that um, for me, one thing that struck me as being particularly strange 
So uh, from the again from the first round onwards, Madonna all over him, throwing big punches, really uh, putting uh, Broner under pressure. And it was maybe about thirty seconds away from either dead of round one or round two, and uh, they go into the corner. Madonna gets spun around and. Broner stands behind him and then starts doing that. Yeah. Thrust him from the hips as like he's going to... I know. Uh, yeah, do something yeah. kind of... Fuck him up the arse, mate. You can Pretty say much. it. We're not on Channel 5. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that type of thing is just... It's so childish. It's so petty. It's so... Yeah, especially when you're clearly struggling and you're looking a bad way. It was almost like he did it as an attempt to try and get some confidence back in himself. It was a little bit of a desperate... But one thing, every fight... he pissed me off so much more in like the Maling Nagy fight and all of these fights I've seen because <clears throat> he does that thing where and it's imitating Floyd but Floyd might do it once or twice in a fight where he gets hit and he'll shake his head and he's got that annoying smug look bonus is even worse and he I remember against Paulie he was doing it continually every time you're like oh we get the fucking picture you mm. don't have to do it ten times in a round I'll tell you what I didn't fucking see him doing it against my dad I think I maybe saw him do it once or twice and it was like Mm. Yeah, early on, he, he was not himself. Again, I, I don't want um, us to speak too much about Broner, only for the fact that Madonna, it was like a fantastic performance. I didn't realise that Madonna hadn't won world title before. And so, granted, it's only the, like, the WBA version, but nonetheless, yeah. has like a, now like a version of the, um, of the uh, welterweight title. Yeah. And he, yeah, looked really, really good. Not the greatest boxer in the world, but <laughs> looked really powerful. He yeah. looked like... Uh, Broner had never even come yeah. close to experience. I'd say he drama. really, and what what Broner struggled with was he. Madonna disguises his hooks beautifully. Left it. He did a lot of good work to the body, and he he throws his hooks from really low down, almost like they're body shots. And you watch the fighter sort of sees it out of the corner of her eye, and they bring their guard down to protect against her body. And at the last minute, he loops it up, and he he did Broner so many times with that in the fight, and just. The, every, both times he was dropped, it was always from the left hook, and mm. um, <clears throat> yeah, it just looked really good. And uh, so, it was my favourite bit? It was again. This is the bit. Uh, let's do a boxing. It, it was it was round eight. So um, again, like all the way through the fight, Brenner had been clinching so much, and the referee, who I think, did uh, a terrible we'll job. get on to that because that was some of the worst. I mean, dodgy Lawrence Cole, yeah. aka. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, <laughs> a.k.a. Rob Van Damme. Uh, that was just horrendous. But. So, Brenner had been clinching all the way through the fight, being annoyingly so, like, really slowing the pace down, trying, and because he's in trouble. And, um, anyway, the referee kept on warning him, said, I'm going to do something, I'm going to yeah. do something. Never took a point away, never really, apart from, uh, like, a stern warning, but that doesn't really mean much if you don't follow it up with anything. And, anyway, came to round eight, and, again, Brenner's clinching on. And, uh, Madonna... Oh, I've seen worse headbutts. Anyway, he had his head down low. Yeah. Lifts his head up. Clearly, like, intentional. Yeah, it was an intentional headbutt, but... But the reaction of... It's all those strange things again. <laughs> Brenner realises he's losing the fight. Yeah. Looks the ref. Isn't hurt. And then thinks... Oh, I'm, I'm going to milk this. Because um, he'd just been tagged just before, hadn't he? What he'd would been... Andrew Galotta do in this situation? <laughs> Straight down, mate. <laughs> Dies onto the ground. Yeah. And then stands there rolling around for, like... Yeah, no, you're right. I forgot about all of that nonsense. Yeah, he was just a prick, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is a prick in general, but yeah. I Again, we'll give him like, um, maybe on the plus side, neither of them um, really has any kind of quit inside them, either one of those fighters. Broner, for much of his play acting, Mac Donald At least he did the 12 rounds. Exactly, he clearly, kept on going, so... And he looked in bits at the end. He didn't hang around for an interview, which was... Yeah. I think this, there is something strange, and maybe this comes with like the nature of his personality, and because he's so abrasive and... Maybe that attracts a certain type of uh, trainer to you. But anyway, in his corner after, pretty much during all the rounds, but especially for the first, like, five, where he was really uh, losing, 
comes back to the tw- uh, corner and the same thing his ringman the cutman and like his uh, hanger on outside they all let in at the same time and just like listen man calm down calm down calm yeah. down but they were like screaming at him and he, was going, and he looked back and was like he had to tell them he said chillax yeah. man I'm still in this I'm not getting and he said shut the fuck up I think <laughs> he said but that reaction everybody... of if you have to tell your cornerman <laughs> Uh, had to do their job. I think that maybe speaks to something about the type of people that attract around you. Yeah, they're maybe. They're so used to you winning and they're, they're not used to telling you really what to do in like a yeah. proper, constructive way. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't help Definitely. them. Definitely. I want to talk about my favourite moment from the whole fight, everything, yeah. even better than the Bunsies Ian Paisley comment. <laughs> in round 11, where Maidana repaid Broner's first round compliment by pretending to bum Broner back do you remember that when he, he flipped him round and yeah just have some of this mate it's because the girl from the crowd the crowd just oh, oh. No, I was I, I was loving that I fucking that was my highlight of the fight I thought <laughs> yeah and to do that the mentality of him he's in the fucking fight of his life <laughs> <laughs> World title on the line, everything, a proper brutal. In his mind, the referee's doing fucking shocking thing. He warned Broner about using the arms, uh, elbows, forearms, and yep. also shoving off in about round two and three. And he turned around, if you do it again, I'm going to take it off you. Then, ten rounds later, or whatever it was, and about 50 to 60 more mm-hmm. blatant disregards. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Brennan's uh, standing all the way through. Then the referee gives him another warning and you think, are you fucking winding me up? Yeah. You know, don't... Uh, yeah, anyway, after all of that thing's going on, Madonna still had the sense of when Broner turned around and thought, yeah, fuck you, man. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to pretend to bum you up the bum as well, mate. Well, uh, anyway, should we move on to the... Um... No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we shan't, mate. <laughs> Um, Technically, yeah. being the last show of the year, might as well run on for as long as exactly. we can. Exactly. That's it. Just do four hours on, <laughs> on Broner. And, um, no, I saw an interview afterwards because B-Hot was in the ring with Broner mm. um, before going into the fight. But I saw a really cool um, uh, interview, or rather people were filming behind the thing, and I overheard uh, Bernard talking with Danny Garcia. And um, oh. and he was talking about it, and he said, you know, the worst thing about that was the fact that Broner just left the ring. Um, he, he just did said, score and he said he just went out and then he said that's the one thing people can't forgive, you know. And, he, and Bernard was like, it, w- it wasn't no robbery. It's not like he got cheated and he's like thinking I'm getting out of here. That's a disgraceful. He he got beat down. He got he got badly beat up. And if you stay in the ring, and these are Bernard's words, he mm-hmm. said, if you stay in the ring and you hold your hands up, you gain people's respect. Even after it doesn't matter even what you like, if you just hang about and you you show humility and mm. you show respect to the other fighter, going off and doing that is 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 no good. And and Bernard was like, you know, the fact that he ran off like that that was, that was worse than the fight. That was worse than how he lost that fight and losing. I'm in a bit two minds. I completely <clears> understand <throat> if again for his type of personality, yeah. maybe he doesn't have any humility. What, He's what, never shown up before. Maybe no. he doesn't have respect for the Maybe opponent. he doesn't even... Because yeah. he doesn't show that before. So the fact that he would get beat up and then scarper as soon as the uh, final bell The only is. thing I would say to Bernard is, or to people who make that same point is... Adrian, he's dug himself into a hole where for him to stay in that ring afterwards and give an interview would have been hard. Would have been about the hardest thing of any fighter. The only person I think is going to struggle more is Floyd Mayweather. After you can imagine if he lose some fight, you know when a fight just bigs him up so continue, so yeah. so much over and over again, and they're so disrespectful and so cocky and so confident that when he got his fucking ass handed to him and beaten like that, mm. it must be. 
so much harder for him to hang around like and is, give an interview. But is that it? That's the nature of yeah. That's on nature of yeah, character. That's character. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying. That. Yeah, I still think he should have. I'm just saying it. it it would have been real tough. <laughs> and on the day that if Floyd ever did get beat, which he obviously won't, but right, if he did, pretty confident he would absolutely he'd stay. Oh, talking about that, you know, I'm not sure how much closer the Khan uh, Mayweather fight is, but I, I did see an interview with uh, Roy, Roy Jones Jr. and he said that uh, they said, do you think Mayweather will remain uh, undefeated? And he said, yes, as long as he avoids Amir Khan. <sighs> and that's not that's not my words. That's Roy Jones Jr. And he just said, you know, stars make fights and. Amir Khan has the speed and and he has an awkward style. A kind of and I think the words he might use was like a pity patty style <laughs> in and out boxing, which That's could true. which could cause. But anyway, I yeah. think it would cause. Uh, I think it would cause him a lot. We've already talked about yeah. that. But, but uh, should we move into the uh, last fight then? <clears throat> yeah, I kind of wanted to go on about dodgy Lawrence Cole, but I think anybody who saw the fight will understand the guys are shit. So let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so the last fight of the year then was uh, 12 rounds, welterweight division, fighting again. It was, I think it was, yeah, it was on, on the card of this one. Keith Thurman uh, versus uh, Jesus Soto Caras. And uh, Thurman unbeaten and still unbeaten because he won this one as well. Yeah. And uh, you watched it. What do you think? Um, yeah, it was it was quite good. I mean, it was clear that just, um, it was clear one guy was just quite a bit better than the other. Mm-hmm. I mean, early on, Soto caught Thurman with like a, a looping shot and Thurman was moving back and was slightly sort of just off balance really but he was alright he got his head back together but um, yeah Soto Karras he had a good fight against Andre Berto but Andre Burton had like an injured arm and he's still he's a very awkward unusual style that Karras has um, mm-hmm. but he's just very unrefined and yeah just always looking a bit off balance and wild hooks and plodding forward and Thurman's just got so much more finesse and he's just far quicker, better hand speed, you know, as as much power if not more. And just his movement around the ring was very smart um, and just far superior. But <clears throat> I know a lot of people, he's like a big, big prospect and a lot of people are talking about Thurman even fighting Mayweather and things. I think people are getting a little bit carried away because... He could fight Maidana in his next fight. Well, he could do, but... <clears throat> You know that division is so strong. There's so many fights you could, you could put out there. Personally, I think he's still pretty. I'd still like to see him not rush it. And I know he's got a lot of attention, but I still, I still don't think he's as good as some people are making out. Yeah. And there's no need to rush into it. And 22 fights isn't that many. He clearly is not, um, especially when I think he's been very active and he's fought a lot of them and. The thing I would say is I think he's another guy who's been boxing like since he was eight years old or very young anyway. He's been boxing like mm-hmm. uh, from a very young age, but very good um, and definitely one for the future. I just hope he doesn't rush into it and maybe try and look for a big money fights. You know, maybe early. my favourite fighter next year, it came after that Madonna win because it took about a couple of days and then Paulie Malinaggi, I love this guy. And uh, anyway, yeah, he said, that's it, Madonna for me. I just want to take him on. Yeah, I like beating Zab Judah, going up against uh, Adrian Broner, and yeah. uh, I love that attitude. He's got a good chin, and it's yeah. I, I think he's a very awkward. I think I think he'd cause Madonna a lot of problems. Yeah, I'm not sure. Madonna. I'm not sure Madonna would probably want that fight. It's maybe with all due respect, there's probably bigger fights out there for Madonna to get more entertaining. Yeah. Um, and probably easier. Oh, you know, let me ask you actually, going back to that uh, fight previously, if Madonna and Broner had a rematch. How do you see that going? Do you think Broner is the top of guy who could, could adapt? Yeah, I tell you, I think I don't know. I 
I called it before this fight. I said to me it was a real 50-50 that basically I wasn't so convinced about Broner. He's got a lot of skill, a lot of... He, he's looked great in the past, but never against the real top guys, I don't think. Like, when he came up against Paulie Malignaggi, he didn't look good at all. Mm-hmm. He won the fight to me, just, but... Um, I don't know, he's... It's maybe for Broner, perhaps, like, going back <clears throat> down in Wade, because for that Madonna thing... Really didn't Goes look back like he down had. in weight. He might face Matisse, who's <laughs> another Argentine. Yeah, not and, easy. But I've heard that Broner came out and he says he wants that fight to be made straight away again. Straight away wants it to be the first fight. He, even though everybody in the sport is saying that he just needs to take a step back down, he came up too quick. I think he needs to. His pride's a hard one because he is going to want to. Because of his nature and because of you only have to go on the internet to see how happy people are about that fight. I was because if you're that if you're that that much of a shithead and you're that cocky and then everything you just get smashed up like that, everyone's going to love it. And naturally, his attitude, he's going to want to go out and prove everybody wrong. He's he's not going to want to wait two, three years to get that loss and avenge it. He's not going to want to have to go back to the drawing board and start fighting other people because people are still going to turn around and just be like, ah, look way. Mm. So he's going to want to fight out. I don't think it's a sensible thing to, for him to do. I'd still enjoy it. I'm not saying he couldn't win it, but for me, again, yeah, it, it would depend on how his training goes. I know he does things with, like, rapping and stuff, and I don't think his mind's fully focused. If he had the the kind of application to the sport that say his idol does Mayweather you know he maybe he could, he, he, he could be a lot better but one more point I want to make about that fight that cracked me up after the <laughs> after the so when they're they're in the ring waiting for the scores to be announced yeah <clears throat> um I think you, you must have seen this Broner in the past when he won fights he'd be in there all smug after thing and he'd get his dad to come along and brush his hair with yeah, you've yeah, seen yeah. that nonsense so he's he's in the court, he's in the fucking ring looking in bits, like smashed up as you'd expect. Yeah. And out of nowhere, the camera's in there filming him and he just looks, he's like holding his hands all weird and he's like mouth wide open. They're about to read out the scores. And all I see is, uh, I've, I've been, I heard that it was uh, Robert Garcia's hand. Just a big hand comes into shot, just starts brushing his hair and then <laughs> straight out. And he's so speechless. He's just so stunned. He just doesn't even know what to do. And I heard that. And it's got the. Um, it's definitely someone from Madonna's corner because you can see the the shirt he's wearing is the same shirt. And it just lent in and just went. There you go, mate. Brush your hair for you. <laughs> that is funny. Um, but yeah, I would say it would. Yeah, to round off the year show, it's a beautiful way to end the year because that guy is. Yeah, I have, as I say, worst that, things that, have happened. That is my most movies. enjoyable fight. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I've seen, seen of the year. Okay, that's going to wrap up the final show for 2013. Yeah, I hope you've uh, enjoyed listening. We've got a couple of other little bits we're going to clear up, yeah? We've, we've very pleased to announce there's been a winner of our Carl Froch autobiography. Oh, when was that? It was uh, back on um, episode 15. Yeah. To win a signed copy. Yeah, and it's... A Carl Froch's yeah. The Cobra. Kevin O'Leary has won the signed copy. I'm, I mean, it's not really signed by Carl. It's signed by arguably the next best person, you. Absolutely. And you did... You did <laughs> You did the decent thing. You didn't sign it your own name. You sold it Carl Froch. Froch, yeah. Which is, you know, I think what most people would want. It's what Carl would want. I think so. Um, but... Uh, oh, no, sorry, yeah, who won? 
Uh, Kevin O'Leary. Yeah, uh, he he won it. And um, do you, do you want to know the competition was? Uh, tell us why we should give you a copy of. Carl Fox is Oh, yeah, the best reason one. So, do you want to know what Kevin said? What did we choose? What did you choose for this? Well, we only got one. (laughs) (laughs) It's a beauty. Um, he said, he wrote in, he said, you can you can keep your Carl Frotch's autobiography and stick it in your bollocks. He's not even Irish. <laughs> nice. So what? I, that is great stuff. That's so funny. I I'm, like that. I'm guessing from Kevin, he's a regular listener to the show. Either that or he's just a massive Roy Keane fan. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaning more towards the fact he listened to episode 16. And yeah, he must have done. Throwing it out. I mean, I'm, cool. I'll be honest, I'm not sure he sounds like he really wants Carl Frotch's autobiography. <laughs> but it's not all bad, Kev, because I'm sure he'll remember... It rolled over, didn't it? Oh, it wasn't just Carl Froch's autobiography. He also won your dad, which you quoted as being an expert builder. He's got one hour, one hour's worth of DIY. (laughs) That's what Kev's won. He can knock up, I don't know, do you need some? What could he do in an hour? He's like, he is like an actual. Drink a few cups of tea. Oh, you can definitely hey, do that. You can yeah. argue about the price, oh, <laughs> about the labour. Oh, oh, yeah. Because that's Guinness? double on Saturday. Yeah, not back a few pints of Guinness. I'm not an hour. He's getting to be an old man now. But um, I don't know. If you need, maybe you could straighten like a picture, something like that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, utilise them well. Does that mean the address also? It could put in some picture hooks. Bing. Things like that. Good. So, you know, Kev, go out, work out where you want your pictures hung. We'll send do you a little... free picture of dog. To go with that. Oh, yeah. You can have one of them. What's going to be... We'll have to do another... What's going to be the next prize? I mean, it's not going to be for a while, but what about Audley Harrison's autobiography? You would have got through that by then. Oh, by the time you get back in February... You probably would have read it twice, I'd imagine. I can only imagine. I'll probably <laughs> memorise the whole thing by that stage. Um, we'll have to... Oh, we'll, we'll leave it to... Have we got anything else? No, no. Come on, we have to. Yeah, we'll wrap up the show. Oh, Come no, on. I've got a few more things. Oh, I meant... I meant, I meant do, do we want to mention... Um, do we want to give out a... A competition. Do we want to give a question about what you can do to win Audley Harrison's autobiography? No, we'll wait until we come back. Okay. And then we'll do a fresh. All right. Uh, do you want to give out our Twitter details? But in the meantime, if you can think of a good reason why you should get Audley Harrison's autobiography entitled... Is it just entitled My Autobiography? Yeah. That is the worst title <laughs> ever. Yeah. God you, love You it. wait till you read the bit about The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> God love um, that guy. What about a commentary? Just... just your best Audley Harrison A4 story, and it can be anything you want. You can make it up. We're never going to know, are we? Make up your best made-up Audley. He's got a feature in it. And don't do it too long, because I can't be bothered. <laughs> Something short and snappy, yeah? If you can name like me... Like that the... guy who about him doing the running of the balls. Yeah, if you can name me top five things in descending order that uh, Audley Harrison should open. Oh, and if they yeah. make me laugh... Boom, like I'll a, buy like a copy of that book like and send a, back to you. Like a water park. <laughs> Audley Harrison's water park. Could open one of them out. It's like a loof. It's a business that makes money. You can just take the take the picture off that autobiography and just stick that up on a fucking 50-foot <laughs> billboard, mate. That would be good. I'd be down. And all right, our Twitter details. So we're twitter.com uh, forward slash punch drunk pod. And uh, send us an email about, if, again, if you want me to send you Audley Harrison's yeah. autobiography to where... Uh, Punch drunk boxing podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. I took it to Twitter. Have you been have you I noticed something on there, I meant to quiz you about. Have you been um adding some little blonde chick to our followers? Uh who? I don't fancies I looked on there, I mean I I don't really understand how the whole Twitter thing works, but it's somebody called Weez Ash or something, and she's basically this five foot tall, fake breasted nineteen year old girl from America, like Miami. Hello. But <laughs> 
But I started, I don't know why, I just thought, right, I'll have a look. She, she, um, she writes like she's like fucking Machiavelli or something. <laughs> it's the most bizarre thing. It's like she's been possessed by some ancient war general. I'm going to, I'll give you some of her quotes, right? Yeah, go on. Her, her tweets, rather, she puts out. The first one is, forgive your enemies, but never forget their names. Right? And then she goes on. He who knows when they can fight and when they cannot will be victorious. Is that Sun Tzu? She's quoting. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very. That's what I'm saying. These are strange things. And look, even the bravest cannot fight beyond their strength. That's uh, not what I Woody mean... Harrison says. <laughs> For a start, that's not true. <laughs> yeah, but um, and I'm going to fire up some more. Sometimes you have to go through the dark to see the light, and then that's a status. Who is that? Status it's like, quo, is it? Gonna, no, I don't know. I think that's a Phil Collins <laughs> And then after that, she says, uh, people who don't text back are so fucking annoying. <laughs> <laughs> so she 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 drops the guard a little bit there. Um, Insight into her personality. And then she snaps break straight back into character. And she comes in with, think like a queen. A queen is not afraid to fail. Failure is another stepping stone to greatness. I've never heard the actual queen of this country say that. No. And then, um, and then she says, "Never she did ne- a Prince Charles." Exactly. Zing. Boom. <laughs> and then after that, she uh, she adds in, "Why don't McDonald's serve breakfast after ten <laughs> thirty? <laughs> Good question, Ashley. I'd imagine uh, that's the sort of question on the because lips of all the ruling female monarchy well, to be around fair, the world. It's uh, not all day all day meal. So, uh, right, yeah. So stick that up in your bollocks, Ashley. <laughs> What's wrong with love? All right, well, I hope you guys enjoyed it, and, um, yeah, see you in 2014. Peace. Bye,